Okay, Vero, can you hear me now? L'chaim, l'chaim, sorry about that. So, as I went default, Kubi was trying to talk, but I wasn't hearing him because I wasn't connected to the. Uh... Okay. So, this guy came to Rebbe and he asked the Rebbe, What should I do about my not good thoughts? Rebbe said, It says in the Megillah, when it came before the king, the decree to destroy the Jewish people came before the king. The king says, With a book, he says, It should be written as a royal decree. The, the, all the thoughts of Haman should go upon Haman's head. So the Rebbe says, also means when a Jew comes before Hashem in prayer and he has all kinds of not good thoughts, what should he do? He should speak to God with a book, speak to God with a siddur. Look inside the book, you may know all the prayers by heart, but look inside the book, look inside the siddur, that will um, that will to, uh, to, to, to uh, know uh, what you're doing to focus on on uh, oh a smartphone. So Omen and Masefer, the um, the focusing on the words of the Siddur helps you concentrate. So imagine if not only you were concentrating on the words of the Siddur, imagine if in addition to that you were able to see and focus on Hashem Himself. You have to look at Hashem. So that that of course would put your prayers in all different different place. You're standing before the King of all kings, you see the King of all kings. It's a different experience than knowing that you're praying before the king of all kings. But what we're saying in the Mimer is that the power of Das is that it actually connects you to, to Hashem in a way that it's as if you see the king of all kings. And that's what the Mishnah says. Look at three things and you won't, you won't, you won't do an Aveda. It doesn't say know that there's three things. It says look at them. That means Hashem is telling us, I'm giving you a, a, a challenge over here. I want you to not just know that, are, that I'm looking at you, and not just know that I'm listening to you, but I want you to connect with this in a very vivid way as if you feel it. And that is the, the uh, power of these neshamas who are called the seed of man. They can actually see and feel Hashem's presence. And that's the meaning of the Mishnah, who is wise, who, see, who sees the outcome. It doesn't only mean that they're able to see now what's going to happen in the future based upon what, what's going on, they're able to visualize vividly what the future is going to be. The outcome could also be read as literally the birth. Who is wise? He could see that the world is being born. He could see that the world is being born every moment. Who is a wise person? Someone who is, who is constantly focused on the world being created every moment. We are um, page uh, 68. Okay. Uh, top of 68. Let's go. Zeroshamarazal. Says in the Mishnah, uh, look at three things. So, what is the emphasis of the word look? The meditation you have should be in a way of vision. You shouldn't just know that Hashem sees you or hear or, or imagine that Hashem sees you, but should be like something you see. That's why the Rebbe said that one of the great advantages of the, of the um, discovery of television and radio and all that stuff is that. Uh, it, it allows us to visualize there's an eye that sees us and ear that hears us, hears us, knowing that, 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 that just like with a television, you could see and hear someone across the world. So that gives us a vivid appreciation for the fact that God is looking at us, listening to us. This is like a person 
who c- can understand and see right now something which is at a distance. It, it, it's maybe at a great distance, but he can actually visualize it right now and, 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 and act with what's happening miles away or days away, is able to act with it right now. And that's what the Mishnah means when it says, who is wise? He who sees that which is being born, as we said before, what that means is he sees that the world is being born every moment. God's constantly creating the world. He sees that. But there's another soul power called Shmia, which means to listen. Listening is parallel to our power of Bina. It's like when you hear something from someone who you trust, you believe it and you, you trust it, but it doesn't, it's not like something you saw with your own eyes. So similarly, when you understand something with your mind, but it's not as vivid, the appropriate classification is it's similar to our power of hearing. Just not, it's not so clear. It's not so vivid. It's not so in your face. You understand the truth of Hashem. You understand how everything is one and all the worlds are insignificant compared and they're like nothing compared to Hashem's truth. You understand the idea, as Chomar was saying before, how Hashem is pouring godly power in all the worlds and every creature. And despite the fact that Hashem is, it seems, working so hard and he's constantly pouring godly energy into every creature and all the worlds, how this has no effect on him at all, it, it doesn't, he doesn't come strained by it, or more accurately, he doesn't become, he, he, he doesn't even, not only does, does he not notice it, but there actually is no change in him through this seemingly strenuous effort of giving everyone life. Why? Because the amount of energy that Hashem needs to expend to give life to the billions of creatures and light years and everything in the world is only a tiny, tiny ray of godly energy, which is insignificant completely in comparison to God's essence. So he understands all this. This is something which makes sense to him. Top of 69. Although he understands this really, really well, by the way, you know where that word comes from? Sounds familiar? Hadikatev is in the words of the Kateris. It says you're supposed to grind the Kateris thin. When you grind the incense, you have to grind it thin. And in order to grind it thin, you have to sing a beat. Why, why are you grinding it thin? And the, the, the uh, beat go, it goes like this. Hadik, hetif, hetif, hadik. supposed to say that. Why are you grinding it thin? Apparently that beat helps you, helps you actually get in the moment of, of grinding it thin. So the Rebbe is saying, using the same words, and saying the, the guy understands it. And not just he understands it. He understands it. It penetrates him thoroughly. And his whole and the full depth of his thoughts are concerned with this idea and are obsessed with this idea. And the faith he has in Hashem is set in his heart. So despite he him getting an A on really working hard on trying to make this real to him, it's still only akin to 
hearing about it from good friends and understanding it. Despite his great efforts of meditating on this, it's still not like seeing it with his eyes. It's not vivid to him like something he sees with his eyes. What's the proof? And therefore, if for a moment he stops thinking about this and he goes towards his own desires for a moment, he, what happens? It, it completely disappears from his, from his uh, uh, vision. It completely disappears from his uh, purview. That's if he's using his power of bina, his power of understanding. He's using his power of his power of understanding, so it could be that he's really into it. He's thinking about it. He's scuba diving into this truth. But the moment that he pays attention to something else, it's 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 gone. But if he will be able to employ a higher power in himself, which is the power of chachma. Which is a source of understanding. This is the power of Chachma is literally like the ability to see with your eyes. So if you were to, to be able to see this at the level of Chachma, which Chachma is very good. That's a very, very good point. Chachma, as we will see, feeds into Das. Das is something else than Chachma, but very, but it's uh, okay. Very good. Let's let's go to the end of the paragraph, and then we'll go, go, go to your question. You're asking a very good question. When he's seeing it with his eyes, it's impossible for him to remove his thoughts from it. He can't take his feelings away from it because he sees it with his eyes. And when he sees it with his eyes, whatever he does. But everything he's involved in, it's all attached to Hashem in a wondrous way. When he sees the Ebishter, whatever he does, whatever he's doing, is because for the whole, it's all about this attachment to Hashem. Why? Top of 70. Because he sees the king with his eyes. He sees Hashem. If he sees Hashem, it's all different. And that's what our sages told us. Look. At three things, they didn't see, understand three things. They said, "Look at three things." You're able to reveal that power in your soul called chachma, the power of vision. Then you will never come to sin. This vision of Hashem of, of seeing the King with your eyes doesn't just stop you from actually uh, doing the wrong thing. But in language of the Mishnah, it says, as we discussed yesterday, you don't come the you don't come close to the Ave. It doesn't just mean you don't actually make a mistake. It also means that it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you, you don't do anything against Hashem's will. Not just that you don't do the, the, a, a, uh, deliberately make a decision against Hashem's will to do an Avera, but you're you're totally in the zone of what does Hashem want? What, what do I? What does Hashem want me to do? That's that's where you are. You're, you're, it's it's analogous to being in front of a human king, and you know you're there for the king, and the king is the center of the room. So that's what this person is experiencing by virtue of his power of chachma of seeing, so to speak, Hashem. Okay, it's it seems a uh, parenthetical point, but it's. And it says nothing which is parenthetical. In fact, 
It's the opposite. Um, sometimes the parenthetical points are the point. Um, I was going to go and discuss a, um, a teaching of our sages. Our sages taught that a good thought, God connects to an action, right? A good thought, Hashem connects to an action. What does that mean? A good thought, Hashem connects to an action. So there are different translations of that, of that uh, statement. The reason we're going to discuss this is because we're saying that, that uh, this person who is standing in front of Hashem and feeling Hashem's presence, um, he, doesn't, he doesn't have that, that negative thought. He doesn't have that, that bad thought in the first place. He, not, not just he doesn't, he doesn't uh, do the wrong thing, but it doesn't even enter his mind, really, when he's in front of Hashem. It, it, it doesn't enter his mind in a real way. That he actually is going to do, go do something wrong. Because he's in front of Hashem, he's there, he's in the presence of Hashem. Um, and more, as we'll discuss in the next chapter, not just, it doesn't, he, he, any negative trace that happens to a person because of a bad thought, Hashem, you have the wrong thoughts, so it, uh, it leaves an impression on your neshama, Hashem. It, 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 well, there, there's a couple of things that we could do to control our thoughts. Um, and Hashem actually makes us responsible for our thoughts. But there are some things which, which, are, which come to you, it's true. But in Tess and Tanya, that the moment you realize that something is not what you're supposed to be thinking about, you're able to push it away with both hands. Easier said than that. True, true, true. But uh, it's definitely um, something which is in our, 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 our jurisdiction. We could decide whether we're going to continue thinking about something or not. We are all always thinking. We can't decide to stop thinking. But what we think about is completely in our, in our decision. We could decide to continue thinking about something or not. There could be a thought that's thrown to you, but there is that Hashem throws to you. And even that, as we, uh, we're learning, um, I was learning this morning, the Maim Der Chaim, where the Mithra Rebbe says that when a person decides to cast off the yoke of Hashem and decides to, like, just, I just, I don't want to, be, I don't want to serve Hashem. I don't even want to want to serve Hashem. So that decision sort of like sells the soul to the devil in the sense that he now has all kinds of thoughts that come to him naturally because of his, uh, un, un, subconsciously, he has now placed himself in a different realm. He said, I don't want to be a servant of Hashem. So that causes all kinds of things to enter his mind. But even that person who is in that state always has the full volition to decide whether or not he's going to continue along those thoughts or not. What do you mean? Right, that's true. Therapy, like he says, just do it. I don't like exercise. I hate it, but I'll just do it. Easier said than done. It's worth it. It's worth it. Like the way that's what we're supposed to do. But sometimes I'll be thinking, and a thought will occur to me, and I can't get out of my mind. It's and it may not be the positive thought, but I just can't dismiss it. You can't. You can't dismiss a thought without putting in another thought. That's that's the key. You have to put something else there. 
and, and, and it's good to be able to have some thoughts of Torah memorized. But if you don't have thoughts of Torah memorized, they ever told someone, think about a football game, to think about the politics in Vietnam. Everybody's talking to this person who apparently was interested in this politics of Vietnam. Think about a verse in the Torah. Think about a halacha. Um, so you can't dismiss a thought without anything else replacing it, but you can replace it with something else. So tell me how it goes. I'll be walking for no reason. And a melody, a song that I heard 50 years ago, for whatever crazy reason popped into my head. Can't get rid of it. It just it, that, should, that should be your that should be your biggest fear. Yes, yeah, so that should be the biggest fear. The previous Rebbe says this. But I can't. I can't control it. it. Just happened. The previous Rebbe says we have no idea how precious it is to God when 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 we have pure thoughts from even for a moment. We don't we don't know how precious it is. A father loves a pure child. So Hashem loves us when loves our purity. He loves our being able to to keep our our thoughts pure to Him. Anyway, so. Getting back to our subject over here. So, so the negative impression of the bad thoughts are erased by virtue of a person visualizing and having Hashem in his presence. The, the negative impact of those bad thoughts, as we'll discuss in the next chapter, they are removed by Hashem's presence being vivid to him. But the next end of this chapter, Debbie discusses the positive side, how when you have a good thought for something, Hashem connects it to an action. Why is it connected to an action? So there's a couple of components here. Let's, let's, let's read briefly into the end and then I'll, I'll explain it. Uh, a good thought God connects to an action. A bad thought Hashem does not consider as if you did it. If you have a bad thought, Hashem doesn't consider as if you did it. But it's, it, it's, there's still the bad thought still there. By a good thought, Hashem considers a good thought as if an action happens. The attribute of goodness is greater than the attribute of punishment. And so, therefore, when you have a bad thought, Hashem says, I don't, I don't consider the bad thought as if you did, did whatever your thought was. But that we have a good thought, Hashem considers it as if you did whatever your, your thoughts were. So the, a good thought, you want to do something, you prevent it from doing that thing, Hashem considers it as if you did it. Hashem considers it as if that thing was done. That's one translation of those words. If you wanted to do it, you couldn't do it. Hashem says, I consider it as if you did. But this is the, 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 that now the Rebbe says, I'm going to tell you the true meaning of that statement. And the real meaning of that statement is, what's the real meaning of a good thought God connects to an action, says the Rebbe. When a Jewish person decides to do something in his mind, he decides to learn Torah. He wants to do a certain mitzvah. He wants to do something to change his character. He decides there's a certain mitzvah I want to do, there's a certain good thing I want to do in myself and whatever it is, and he really wants to do it with whole, all of his heart, all of his strength. So it says the Rebbe, Hashem suddenly will ensure through divine providence many events to happen so that that thing he decided to do will actually happen. By him making a decision, this is going to, I want to do this mitzvah, Hashem will cause things to happen that, that it will actually happen. But only the oh, when you have the thought to an Aveda, so then it doesn't, it's not considered as if that action is done and not considered that you're, you're, you're culpable for that thing because you didn't do it. There is something, there is a negative residue, that's true, but it's not considered as if you did it. With a good thought, first of all, Hashem considers it as if you did it. And second of all, if you really want to do something, 
Hashem will help you get that thing done. You'll, Hashem will, all of a sudden, the dots will connect and that thing will actually happen. Not to be on a mitzvah. Or only related to mitzvah or Torah study. Good, good thoughts. What are good thoughts? Good thoughts means, any good, any good. what's good? What's good mean? Good doesn't mean that you wanted to see a certain movie necessarily, right? But what, even though it's a really good movie. Yeah, but that is something. It's five stars. Yeah. That, so, so what is a good thought? A good thought means that it's something that, that, that it's part of the goodness of Hashem. Like when Moses was born, the Torah says Moses was good. So Moses was good because the light of Hashem was brought into the room when Moses was born. We're saying a good thought, we're talking about something which is actually really, really good that Hashem views and people could tell, ah, that's good. So you want to do something good. So, so the Rebbe says, when you have a good thought, Hashem will make the dots connect by divine providence and this will actually happen. Okay, as an example, many years ago, I went back 40 years ago, I went into the insurance business and I really wanted to be successful, really good. And I had good thoughts, but I was never successful. Is that what we're talking about, or are we talking about a different level? Um, that's a great question. That's a very good question. I think we have l'chaim for that question. We, we, we need to go deep for that question. But, but let's let's say this. No, first of all, I want to point out. I want to point out that I didn't answer your first question about, which is a very good question. What's the difference between the power of chokhmah and the power of das? And uh, your second question, I can't, we can't address that question without a fabringen, because. Uh, <laughs> But uh, you wanted to go into business and work out, and how where was God? Where, where was God all that time? That that, that requires different bringing. But for right now, let's say this: you decide to give tzedakah, you decide to do something really good, and you want to give that tzedakah. So the Rebbe says you really want to do this. Hashem will help you give give that give that stuck. Oh yeah. L'chaim. Yeah. Okay. I don't give the ten percent that I'm supposed to, but I, I, I give. Guys come by and I give them the question. Well, so, you give them the I would. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't do it. I give every year every day. Lachaim, Should have good news and everything, and we should we should have good thoughts, make good decisions. We should actually see them happen. Lachaim, Listen more, Mr. Shem. Sorry about that.